You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast.
sell your possessions, give to the poor. And this is not just talking about those who don't have stuff. He's talking about giving to those who are poor spiritually. He says that you will have treasure in heaven because there's only three things that are eternal. God, the word of God, and the souls of men. Those are the only three things you can take to heaven with you. And he says you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus said to the disciples, I tell you the truth, hard for a rich man enter the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the church said, And we remember what he means when he says it's hard for the rich man to enter. It's easier for you to go through the eye of a needle. Because, of course, in the evening when the city gate would close, you couldn't get into the city. There was a small area you could get into called the eye of the needle. It's a very small gate three foot high, and that meant that if you want to get into the city once the gate closed, there's a few things that had to happen. Number one, you had to lower yourself. I believe that's how you have to come into the kingdom of God. You gotta lower yourself. Some had to lower themselves so much that they had to come crawling on in through the eye of the needle. That was how I came into the church. I came crawling on in. Really just needing the fellowship, needing the church. Uh, and you could not get into the eye of the needle with a large camel. Yeah. Right? The camel would carry your possessions. You're not going to get into heaven with a bunch of possessions. Right. So he says, it's hard to get into the... And even if you did get in with a, with a, with a camel, it was a small camel right there. Yeah. And that camel had to lower itself. So everybody had to come kind of crawling on that little small three-foot hole to get into the kingdom of God. He says it's very hard for the rich. And the rich would be those in the, that are in the West. So we know this isn't talking about those who have all the elite money. This is talking to us right here yeah. in London. I know you guys know all that, right? Yeah, of course. Let's break this down. First of all, I, I love... Uh, that this guy talks about how much he's done for God. He says all these, he says, <coughs> he says, um, well, first of all, he says in verse 17, why did you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Then he says, which was? Here's a guy who understood who Jesus was. He understood that Jesus was what? good. But he wasn't seeking Jesus. Because if he understood that Jesus was good, he would understand the one thing I should be seeking isn't another command, but it's God himself. It's God himself. So he wasn't really seeking after God himself. He saw it as good, but he himself probably could have surmised that, wow, I should be, that's the one thing I should be seeking after you. But he wasn't really seeking God. He says, which ones? I love this because Jesus talks about all the commandments. He says, you know the commandments, plural. This guy didn't want a lifelong commitment. He wanted to know which one thing he could do to get him into heaven. Instead, he finds out the one thing that keeps him out of heaven. His love for possession and his love for money. He didn't want a lifelong commitment because he asked which one. You know, this can happen to us. What's the one thing I need to do to get into heaven? Oh, can I get baptized? Now I'm in? Oh, I've got to become a disciple. I don't have to stay a disciple. What's the one thing I do? No, no, no. He says, you know the commandments. This is all about really, truly, Jesus looking at this young man and asking, do you really want a relationship with me? When you have a relationship with someone, you don't want to know the one thing you need to do to have the relationship. No, you want to know all the commandments. And because you love them, you want to obey all of the commandments. He didn't want to obey all the commandments. Because he didn't really want a relationship with God. And it was surfaced by money. Surface by money. I, I saw. I go, wow, I've never seen that since I've studied the scripture. Because yeah. if you really wanted a relationship with God, he'd want to obey all. He wouldn't want to pick out the one thing. Yeah. 
We know the, the story. He left fired up, or did he leave sad? Sad. He left sad. And the Bible says he was a rich man. Wow. Money will never get you happy. Even though he had money, he still was unhappy. He left sad because money cannot make you happy. Possessions will never make you happy. And I think, I, I love to stand here and preach this, but I, 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 sometimes I'm kind of struggling with that. I'm like, you know, I, I know they say, you know, money doesn't make you happy. It does feel like it makes you comfortable in your misery yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if you ever felt that. You yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. A little bit more money. I don't feel it, but that helps me be comfortable a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we got to come out of the comfort zone, get into the combat zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. This guy leaves sad. Money won't make you happy. I grew very poor. And I have a deep conviction there's two kinds of greedy people. Greedy rich people and greedy poor people. Yeah. And, I, and I, I started seeing in my own life that I was a greedy poor person. Because I never had anything, so I just, I, I, you know, I, I remember growing up very poor and going over to some of my rich friends' houses. They had food out. Go ahead, have what you want, Michael. Really? What you want? Yeah, really. But I eat and eat and fill my little pockets with chips. And I remember one time I filled my pop, my pocket with chips, and I got home. I had chips crunched. <laughs> just a greedy poor person. And you know, I think that. It's easy to look at the greedy rich people, but sometimes we can be greedy poor people. Yeah. And we, we really don't get our comfort from our, our, our creator, God. Uh, this guy goes away sad. Money will never make you happy. I was able to get to a point in my life where at 20 years old, I made 80,000 US dollars. I had three brand new cars. I was doing very well. Uh, I had a nice place and things were going well. I remember driving and going, something is missing. I, I didn't even know it was God. I just thought, something is missing. And I'd gotten all the money, I'd gotten all the possessions that I wanted, and what I had lacked is a deep relationship with God. A real connection to something that I could take with me forever. A connection to the Creator, a connection to God. I, I encourage you today to reevaluate your relationship with God. As one man said, money does not make you struggle, it reveals if you're struggling. Money does not make you struggle. So we're going to give our love offering. It isn't like, oh, this is making me struggle. No, this is reveal, reveals if you're struggling yeah, already. Yeah. Jesus talked more about money. 16 of the 38 parables were concerned about how to handle your money or your possessions. In the Gospels, one out of 10 verses, 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. The Bible has 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, but over 2,000 verses on money wow. and possessions. Why? Your spiritual life and how you handle your possessions or your money are connected. Yeah. They are connected. Be sad. This may help us out today. You guys still with me here? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Michael. Money Magazine declared that money was the number one obsession for people. 34% of people, this is in 2000. I wonder how the, how the stats look today in 2000 rate that shopping was their favorite activity. <laughs> oh, there's a few sisters that laugh for that. Yeah. Oh, that Sometimes you got brothers that even struggle with that. 70% of malls, 70% of people visit malls once a week. That's more than they go to church. Sharing and shopping, right? <laughs> the average person shops six hours a week. Wow. But only plays with the kids 40 minutes a week. 
By age 20, the average person has seen over 1 million commercials asking for your money. We are a society consumed with money. Yeah. It's interesting that one of the most, it's hilarious, I've been doing this for about 20 years. People don't struggle with a challenge to have an all night prayer, a challenge to evangelize. Yeah. No one struggles yeah. with a challenge wow. to, yeah. to yeah. read your Bible in a year. Yeah. No one struggles, no one ever questions whether we're a cult when it comes to, yeah. uh, or these, these, no one ever, no, but as soon as you start talking about money, there it is. man, it reveals the heart. Yeah. I've seen the demons of Satan come out of you. Yeah. We've to give money for the mission. Wow. And I've also seen the beauty of God come yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget our sister Coral, yeah. single mother, several children, raising special mission contribution, love offering, not only giving her offering to God and supporting her kids, but saying, hey, I want to give for other people that have wow. kids. Wow. That's beautiful, is it not? Yeah. You can tell that her heart is connected with the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6. The Bible says this in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other. Or else, he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. God and money. We've got to love God more than we love money. Yeah. Yeah. Are you willing to allow this to be put to the test? Yeah. Are you willing to allow this to be challenged? Whether you love God or whether you love, love money. In Matthew chapter 11. On, <laughs> I love this scripture. He says in verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men and women lay hold of it, and the church said, Amen. You know what our struggle is nowadays? Deciding which kingdom we're going to advance. The kingdom of God, our own personal kingdom. I read that, I go, that, that really is the challenge. If we want to lay hold to the kingdom of God, and you say, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not going to come. If it's going to come, then Revelation 1, verse 9, would mean nothing to us. What does that one teach? The kingdom came. John says he's in the kingdom and the suffering or tribulation. False teachers will tell you this great tribulation is going to come. No, tribulation simply means suffering. Right? That's what happened back then during the time that the Christians were suffering because they were more in love with the kingdom and God than money. So they were in great suffering. And yet we will suffer as the kingdom of God here on earth when we show the world that we love the kingdom more than money. Mm. But it really is about which kingdom we want to forcefully advance. I want to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Yeah. I, that's what I want to do. That, this is all I really, this is all I, 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 I have, this is all I really want, uh, is the kingdom of God. Amen. And he says from the days of, of John the Baptist until now. You know, it's very powerful to stand here before you in London, England, remembering when we set up 25 chairs, being one of the individuals that set up one of the 25 chairs, and going, wow, okay, with these 25 people, we're gonna evangelize the entire world in one generation. No different than what the Bible says. I remember being there in Portland, Oregon, kid, setting up those chairs, seeing standing in the light of God, and, and going, okay, with these 25 people, we're gonna change the world. 
and we are now on all seven, uh, all, all populated continents of the 7,600 disciples from 25. From 2003 to now. Because we want to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 14. Luke 14, a few scriptures you know about but need to be reminded of. We know this text, right? Yeah. This is what, what's it called? Counting the cost. Counting the cost to be a disciple, right? How much? In verse 25, <laughs> it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his father or mother, his wife and children, his brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who doesn't carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Of course, the word hate is the Greek word missio. It means to love less. He isn't looking for you to hate your family. In fact, when you love God, you actually decide and you know how. and You, you, you have a, a greater love for your yeah. family because you have an eternal love. And love that wants them to go to heaven. Not a love that wants them to like you in this, this time. Because the love that wants them to like you in this time may be the love they don't need. That's called worldly love. Godly love wants them to get into heaven. And, and, and I, I really believe there are too many people being loved into hell instead of, instead of you know, yeah. scared into heaven, right? Or challenged into heaven. And so he says, I don't, it's not, I don't want you to love your family. I, I want you to love them less than you love God. Yeah. Then he goes on, he says, suppose if you want to build a tower, will you not first have to estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? If he lays the foundation, not even finished, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. We know so many individuals that began to build a relationship with God. But then they fall away, they quit, they give up yeah. in their heart or they walk away. And it hurts the faith of other people. Yeah. It hurts the faith of other people. And so we hear this and we go, wow, this, this is a challenge, you gotta count the cost. And then he goes on to talk about the two kings and then he gets down to the cost of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. He says in verse 33, very simply, he says, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has yeah. cannot be my disciple. Wow. <laughs> What is the cost of being a true disciple, a true Christian? It's everything. It's everything. And remember, a Christian and a disciple, they're the same thing. Don't let anyone tell you that a disciple is somebody who's really committed, and a Christian is somebody who's just a believer. I mean, if, you're, if, if we have any husbands in the house, and they believe in marriage, but they don't have the actions to show that they're really married, let me tell you something. The wife is going to have some things to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> Believing in marriage is a totally different thing than having a life that supports, that shows, honey, I love you. Are you yeah. with me here? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with God. You can't just believe in God. Belief is enough. Even the demons believe in God. Yeah. It's not about believing. It's about having deeds that evidence that belief. Right? And so he says, hey, the cost is everything. I grew up listening to a lot of nursery songs, and one of my favorite songs was the Holy Pokey. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do they do that in your English? Yeah. The Hokey Pokey? Yeah. Good right hand in. 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 Here's what I love about the song. Yeah. You put your whole self in. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Right there. All of it. That was the part I love. <laughs> <laughs> I, the hand is okay. You know, I, I, am, I am an African-American man. I have roots in Africa somewhere. I like to dance and move. So I like that. You put your whole self in. Are you with me here? 
When you put your whole self in, that's when you're all in. Yeah. yeah. One drug. One drug. That is what it's all about. Yeah. Put your whole self in. And nothing exposes whether you put your whole self in than when it comes to giving. Yeah. That shows if you know what it's all about. Yeah. If you put your whole self in, you not put your whole self wow. in because you're not all in. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Everybody knows that's it. Time Magazine says this. They get the history of money. They say money was first used by the Chinese during the uh, Tang Dynasty about 618. Then in 1661, China released the first general circulating currency. The word cash was originally used to describe the type of round, round coins and bronze coins uh, with square holes commonly used in the Tang Dynasty. Uh, so that's where you get the, the word cash. In 1964, or 1694, it was the Bank of England uh, is found and almost immediately begins producing handwritten, what are called banknotes. Uh, the notes were redeemable for gold or coinage of the value of the notes uh, in question uh, and made out in pounds or shillings or in a pence. Today, all of the Bank of England notes still feature the words, I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of. I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of. I thought, wow, that's interesting. Do we promise to pay Jesus the demand of the sum of? Do we promise to pay Jesus what he asked for? And what did he ask for? He asked for everything. Come on, Michael. Everything. When I look at the history of money, I look at uh, some real cool details. Uh, in fact, in ancient Inca, uh, the ancient Inca Indians, and, uh, Indians in South America, uh, and like the Aztec or the Mayans, uh, they built one of the largest, most wealthy empires. Uh, and they actually built that empire without the use of money. And they had a cool strategy. They said, this is how we're gonna build a great empire. We're gonna make all the young people get jobs from the age of like 10 or 11. And they're gonna work hard. In return, the government's gonna help them with food and clothing. And that's it. You get food, you get clothing, and you guys are going to work. Start working early. And that empire, Frank, I think we can learn from them. Yeah. I think the young people need to work hard. Yeah. yeah. I could hear some amen from the young people on that. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. That's why you're here today. If you're not doing God, yeah. Right? You know, there's also a, a, a great story. Um, money, of course, is created in the eastern part of Asia. Uh, there was a king who, uh, who was called Croesus. C-R-O-S-E-U-S. And legend says that he got his money from the ring, or got his money from the river uh, where King Midas used to wash his hands. Uh, and if you don't know Midas, it's, it's everything he touched yeah. turned to gold. Yeah. Right? It was kind of a, a story. You touch something, it would turn to gold. Sometimes I feel like I, I was I had the Midas touch. Right. I mean, don't you wish you could just walk out and have the Midas touch right around special business contribution. Yeah. You touch all the trash out front, and all of a sudden it's gold. And you know, but we don't need the Midas touch. We don't need all you need. You know what you need today? The Master's touch. Oh, yeah. come on. You just yeah. need, you need a touch of God that says, "Hey, your possessions mean nothing." Amen. When it comes to your relationship, <coughs> God. Point number one. Come on, Mike. come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain. Genesis chapter four. All right. Don't be like Cain. Let's be like Abel. Let's go old school here. You guys still with me here? Yes. yes. I'm sick, but even on a sick day, I still got a few things to hold through to my heart. Are you guys listening? Yeah. Yes. Okay, here we go. Genesis chapter. We're going old school here. Yeah, come on. Verse 1. Moses answered. Oh, I'm sorry, Doug. No. 
Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. So as Adam lay with his wife, Eve, and she came pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain, see, God got a chance to see their heart over the course of time. So in the course of time, Cain brought some of the first, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry, and his face was downcast. You know, when you don't give all your heart to God, you end up being bitter. Because you know there's more to give, and you just want that joy without giving all your heart. His face is downcast, and he is, he is angry. This is how this, you know, there's, of course, a medical depression that can come on you. Then there's a spiritual depression. Not all depression is because you have a medical condition. The Bible highlights he was downcast. And this is something a lot of the people in the world need to know, that maybe your depression is because you're not doing what's right by God. Maybe that it, it's, it's caused by that. And, of course, he gets angry and he's mad. And, and the Lord says, hey, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is Right, meaning not giving all your heart to God is wrong. Will you not be accepted? Yeah. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must have your disciple or master for you and call you and ask you, did you give your love offering? Um, if your sin is struggling with love or money, you must make your, your, your husband must master it because as a wife, you know, you, you can just blame him for everything. Your, your wife must master it because she's more prudent than you. You, know, you, don't, you don't want to like to deal with money. You know? No, it says you must master it. <laughs> what happens with Cain? He takes his brother out to the field and he kills him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. The first split in the Bible in the first movement was over money. Isn't that terrific? The very first movement that started moving here with Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve was a movement that was moving, but the, biggest, the issue was money. The issue was sacrifice. Giving to God. Giving big portions. And so our, our first point is simply, don't be like Cain. Yeah. Don't be like Cain. Right. Give your best. Yeah. First John chapter 3, verse 12 says, hey, don't be like Cain. Don't do it. Give your best to God. Yeah. Right? And that will be challenged over the course of your time as a Christian. Sometimes yeah. giving your best may mean, you, yes, you need to sell your iPhone so that we can plant a church. Yes, you need to give up your... Man, I hope those phones aren't... aren't I hope that those don't mean more than the Lord to you. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I, I tell you, I know how it feels. You know, I, I, I had, uh, as, as, you know, kind of American uh, known theology, a, the, the black man's insecurity. And it was the insecurity that said, as soon as you have a Mercedes Benz, you made it. I, I had that in my heart. And I got myself a Mercedes Benz. Hey, uh -oh. And I, I was feeling really good about myself. I said, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Michelle helped me. It was used. <laughs> <laughs> She's been helping me for, for 20 years now. Oh, it was used, but I got my Mercedes. And I drove it around, and I felt real good about myself. Yeah. I'll never forget we had a missions contribution where we were looking at planting a church, you know, in a, in a part of the world that we didn't have a church. And the conversation was, hey, you know, we don't really have a church that goes by the Bible. 
calls people to live by the Bible, has a preacher that goes by the Bible, has members that go by the Bible, that calls for total commitment from every member. I'm not talking about a hill song that sing a bunch of songs and don't get in each other's life kind of church. I'm talking a church that goes by the scriptures, that gets into them and teaches people how to have a relationship with God yeah. on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the talk. And we said, well, where should we go? How about London, England? Wow. And that was the great talk. Of course, we were in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Yeah. You know how long it is. It's a struggle to be in LA. You know, it's 25 every single day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's super challenging over there. You know, beautiful all over the place. You wake up, it's yeah. sunny. You go to bed, it's sunny. Yeah. You wake up, it's sunny again. Man. <laughs> so hard. You know what I mean? You just, it's just so sunny. And so that was a challenge. And I remember we gave our, our contribution, but we came up a little bit short. I, mean, I talked to Cass said, Kip, we don't really, we, we've given everything. We sold our home and we, we, we've got some of the money in here. We, we got rid of everything. We, we live in a one bedroom apartment now. We, we, you know, we, we've got nine brothers that have moved in with us. And <laughs> wow. Finally, they moved out and got their own. And, and, and the only thing we have is, 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 is we got our cars. He said, well, bro, why don't you sell your car? Uh, I went away sad. I'm going to pray about it. You know what it is you say you're going to pray about it? You're not going to pray about it. You're actually going to go think about it. You're going to go get depressed about it. You're going to go get downcast and even a little bit angry. I was downcast a little bit. I didn't tell anybody, but I was a little downcast. I was kind of walking around in LA. All of a sudden, LA became dark and gloomy. <laughs> 25 turned to a London gray in my life. And I was just so descriptive. Then I finally said, I said, okay, what should I do? So I asked him, he said, put it online. Put your car online, see if it sells. Just test God. I go, okay, great. I was at work, I placed it online in the morning. I had a guy ready to buy it at five o'clock that afternoon. Wow. I had him come, I said, come down to meet me, because he lived way up in the north part of California. And I was in Hollywood. I said, meet me in meet, meet me in Shepherd's or uh, not Shepherd's Bush. Meet me in it's a place called like Studio City, okay, uh, where some of the celebrities live and stuff like that. So it's, so the guy's gonna meet me there, and I get ready to go to, to meet him there. I said, meet me at six o'clock. I get there at five fifty, at fifty eight, fifty nine. Six o'clock, I'm meeting. <laughs> I see you. At six o'clock, I was out of there because he wasn't there. I said six o'clock. And uh, he called me like 6.03, hey, where are you? I'm here. I mean, I was there at 6 o'clock, I didn't see you, man. He goes, where do you live? I go, why? <laughs> and so I gave him the address. He got to my house before me. <laughs> Michelle is out in the front yard, fired up, talking to him. Or, you know, I said, I only want cash. I brought cash. <laughs> you want to check it out? No, it looks good to me. Wow. I'll take the auto dealer. He goes, no, I'll, I'll take it. It looks like a nice car. You gonna sell it for the price you said? I said, I'm like, yeah. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the money. You got the keys? I said, yeah. Give him the keys, and he drove. <laughs> <laughs> he drove away uh, so happy. Come on, Michael. And that was where I really got sold out. I went, okay, I'm all in now. Church, we've got we've got sold out disciples. 
How do you know? Because their, their heart isn't attached to money, something that a lot of people are attached to. A lot of people would love to join our church, but as soon as we say, hey, you got to sacrifice money, oh, oh. they believe. Right? They believe. Even though Jesus talked more about money than faith. Yeah. Right? Because he knew. Well, I started talking about money and that uh, making you, you know, it's so funny. You go to certain countries that are poor, and I, I you know, I remember being in, in Lagos. I didn't meet one person from Lagos that struggled with atheism. No. No, they didn't, they didn't struggle with atheism. Sure. Never met anybody in, in Philippines that struggled with atheism. If we were poor, not concerned, we can think too much. And we say, oh, we can go there. We can go there, seriously. And, and it, it, it's, it's, it's up to us to really shatter that silence and say, hey, there is a God. And to not love the comforts of the world more than we love the Lord. Yeah. Um, I want to challenge you. Don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain. This love offering, give everything. Give your best. God sees your heart. God sees your heart. This year for us, I really wanted to make sure that I gave in faith. Now, sometimes you can give out of your wealth. You know what I mean? You have it and you just give it. Boom. You got to check it off. Boom. Take the box. For me, I, I want to raise the money. I want to challenge myself to raise this special mission contribution. So I, we, we were able to raise ours right after the ENC. By just really being a man of faith and being clever and coming up with ways to raise funds. And so God has blessed it. I pray today you give your best. Number two, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. The word treasure is the Greek word for a receptacle for valuables. The receptacle for valuables. There are a lot of things that as valuable. Yeah. There are a lot of individuals that showed where their treasure was. We, we, we look at Achan in Joshua chapter 6. right? We look at the rich and ruler. We just have to look at that. We see where their treasure is. Where their heart is. right? Um, I know one man said this. He says, you never see a hearse pulling a large trailer full of stuff. Can't take it with you. Two. Heaven. <coughs> where your treasure is, there your heart is. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Look at this scripture. You guys still with me? Yeah. Second Corinthians. I want to commend all those who gave early. I want to commend all those who gave even more than the love offering calling. Let's go see what Jesus says about people that lived in, there we say, the first church in Europe. Let's go look at this. How about verse 8 of Second Corinthians chapter 8? Paul says this. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. <laughs> For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, then to us, in keeping with God's will. So we urge Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Is that not awesome? Yes. We see where the European churches were in the Bible. Their heart was in the kingdom. 
their heart was in the kingdom. Now, here's how I want to commend the London International Christian Church. We have been self-supporting since 2010. That means the donations that have come in from those who are part of the church have sustained the church. We're actually the only world sector that's sustained themselves financially by our sacrifice to build God's kingdom. You're to be committed. Here's our challenge. London's not the only place that needs a church. Yeah. You know who else needs a church? Hungary. They're hungry for the gospel. Uh, how do I know? We just went there. We just went there. Lovely people. Hungarian people. We need more Hungarians in the kingdom of God. I need more Hungarians in my life. They're very humble people. Very, 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 very humble. Very serving people. Totally we need a church here. I, I, we walk the city and go, gosh, we need a church here. And so for us as a church to be able to sustain the work in all of Europe, we've got to give more than what we've given just to support money. Yeah. We've got to start giving to support missions. Yeah. Are you with me here? Yeah. And so what we've done with our love offering, that's been great. That's enough to support money. Yeah. We've got to support missions. Yeah. We've got to send a church to Ireland. Wouldn't it be awesome if we send Mark and Teresa back with the young lady and push her hand and we get that church going right there in Dublin or in Belfast or you know, and then we spin out another one in, in Cork down there. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Isn't it gonna be great when we go to Portugal? Yeah. You guys love the Portuguese? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to go to Portugal? Isn't it gonna be great just to go to Manchester? Yeah. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to Tyson Fury three weeks, three, four weeks ago. Seriously, I got a chance to talk to him. <laughs> and let me tell you Tyson Fury's heart. He won that, in my opinion, he won that fight. Yeah. And I'm rooting for Deontay Wilder for all you boxing fans. But I think he won that fight. And you know what he said? He said it was the Lord Jesus that got me up. And if you saw how he got hit, it was the Lord Jesus. Oh. <laughs> he got knocked out. It was funny. I was just scared for a little bit. Wow. Then he got up and they talked to him and said, What are you going to do with the 8 million? He goes, I'm going to give it to Jerry. I don't need Oh, I'm gonna write it. Trust me, I'm gonna write a letter. I'm gonna ask him about remembering that I was at the press conference with him, and ask him, hey, so what yeah. we do? We need to build the church. Yeah, that would be awesome. We need to build the church of Manchester. Yeah. We've got to get creative. We've got to yeah. become a church that asks. Yeah. Come on. So we can plant churches. Yeah. We have that faith. Yeah. Yep. We have some of the members in our church that ask their, 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 uh, their company to match what they give. We have a company that gives, has been given for, since we, well, probably since 2011. Wow. <laughs> they send a check to the church. Awesome. Why? Because we ask. Yeah. It's time for us to up our ante and not just do enough for London and start doing enough to plant churches all yeah. around Europe. Amen? Yeah. Where your treasure is, where your heart is. I pray your treasure Amen. is in the kingdom of God, no different than the Macedonians Amen. and the European churches here in St. Corinthians chapter 8. Yeah. And lastly, money for the mission. That's what we want to use money for. We really want to use it for the mission. Yeah, come on. Acts chapter 4. Come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. Acts chapter 4. We'll go to that beautiful church in the book of Acts. The first church. We'll pick it up in verse 32. It says, All the believers were one in heart 
and mind. Don't, don't you want to be in a church that's one in heart and mind? Yeah. Isn't it great when you think alike and you just kind of, you're all together. This is the reason why I love being in a Bible church. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go to any of our churches and hear a different part or a different message. Everything that's taught is the same where everywhere in every church. Yeah. Every church there's disciples. <laughs> every church there's a call to have you quiet times and go by the Bible. Yeah. Every church the preacher is called to the same standard that the people are called to. Yeah. Every yeah. church the preacher leads by example. Yeah. Not by living in some uh, <laughs> fancy place and asking people to sacrifice for a gent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's not a preacher. That's a business yeah. 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 And that's not a church. That's a company. Yeah. We have a church. Yeah. Uh, we are one in heart and one in mind. Yeah. It says no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. They shared everything they had. Amen. The great power of the apostles continued to testify to the Lord or to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And ask for an accounting of where the money's going to be spent because I really want to know. You know nope. No. Didn't do that. So they put it at the money, put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. <laughs> Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. Now, Levites were not supposed to have land. If you know your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets commanded, but he knew, he, he's like, uh oh, I'm not supposed to be having this land anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field. He owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Wow. Money for the mission. Do you realize that we've had more than one Christian in our church that's used money for the mission? That sold their house to give? Right? We've had more than one disciple. Here, here, here in London. Not just our movie. In London. Right? Yet you see the kind of heart that's going to take to really propel the mission. Now, you look at chapter 5, look what happens here. It says, now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira. Of course, Sapphira means beautiful, but her sin is very ugly. It says, sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. But brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart you have not lied to the Holy Spirit. You have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you did not receive from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't it the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Do not lie to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Great fear seized all who heard what happened. Then a young man came forward, wrapped his body, and carried it out. Buried it. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That is the price. Wow, here's a wife that didn't want to turn into husband. You can have that. You can have that marriage sin where you guys are each other, telling each other. I'm glad we don't have that. Michelle tells me all the time. She has no fear. Zero fear. She will anything, anything I'm slightly not on. If we all have a discipling time, I'll be bro, you need to do this, you need to do this, hit the brother with bro, I think you're you're not tough on me and you need to do this. Michelle points out, maybe you need to consider what he has to say. 
And God has given me a great prudent wife. Amen. She wants to get me to heaven. She doesn't want it to yeah. please me in the moment. Yeah. And likewise. Yeah. And this is the great thing about our church. We, yeah. we don't have this like a church where the you know the husband hides sin and the, the wife hides the sin and they just hide their sin. And if so, right. it will come out. Yeah. Because it came out here in the church. You wonder why <coughs> the story is right after this great story on giving, because God wanted the movement here not to be contaminated with people who wanted to have an appearance of being sold out. Put their left hand in. Yeah. Put the right hand in, but they didn't get to put their whole self in. Yeah. Right? Playing the game of, 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 you know, not really being totally committed. Okay? And so it says very simply, Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the Lord, the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door. They're telling you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Wow. Then the young man came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fever seized the whole church yeah. and all who heard about these events. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! That's it. Everybody was like, okay, let me stop whining. Let me get my conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give everything right here. Let me get excited about Jesus right here. Yeah. You know, I was faking it too. You, know, you, can't, you fake it, you won't fake it. Yeah. And that's what we see right here. Uh, I love Barnabas. He used money for the mission. We, we will need money for the mission. Yeah. Okay. In our winter workshop, we will have a pledge increase. Okay? Uh, we've gone through the pledges, we've had some figures, and most likely the singles and the marrieds are going to be given the same figure, and then the, the uh, campus are going to be giving uh, a lower figure. Uh, but all in all, in order for us to put more individuals on so that they can train in the ministry, we're literally going to have to up our weekly giving. It won't be just a one-off love offering, but we're going to have to up our weekly giving. We're up in our weekly giving. We're going to set, uh, set the pace by upping it more than more than what we're calling people up. Because I got everything, I'm good to go. I got an awesome life. I got a son that's better than me at basketball. I got a little daughter that directs me and teaches me. I got you guys, I got everything. I don't really need it, honestly. I love the kingdom. I, 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 I'll, I'll give even, I'll give half more. That's not a problem for me. I pray it's not a problem for you. My yeah. children's the king. Yeah. We're gonna have to up our weekly giving so that we can really, really put more people on so we can propel the Amsterdam mission team. I want that church to go out. I want yeah. Italy to go out the, the year after that. To do that, we need more interns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to put Luke Snow on full time. Yeah. We need to put Paul Bussard on full time. Yeah. He doesn't want to say it out loud, but you know who else wants to be an intern? Who's already has an intern's heart? The Meiji. Slow detonating. It's one of those lessons where you're okay, I'm doing good. And then later on, like two weeks later, you're like, oh yeah. 
It goes off in your heart. When you hear it, you're like, oh no. Oh man, I can't keep these Nando's. I can't keep these chips. I got a little bite eating out. Nando's is not going to get the mission going. I got to stop eating Nando's. Okay. What did I do? Not as much jell off rice right there. Okay. You're not going to get as much jell off rice. Okay. The Sunday roast is done. You're gonna have to stop the Sunday roast. Uh, you got to bottle the Sunday roast for the kingdom of God right there, okay? So we can plant churches. All in all, let us show God, guys, Amen. that we love God more than we love money. Yes. Yeah. God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.